Let's take this first shot. Let's do it. Shot one. Oh my god. Shot two. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh. Shot, shot three. three. See, I'll admit the third one's a little rough. I'm it was a little rough. Don't you do it. My mouth is watering. <laughs> That's the first side. This is three shots in. I'm fucking drunk. Welcome back to Three Shots In. I'm Jake. I'm Jess, and this is episode 15. It is episode 15. You always question yourself. It's no, 15. I sang it. Oh, oh, you sang it? I was singing. Do it again. 15. Yeah, hopefully we can remember to cut that. Probably not. Yeah, that was ass. I just wasn't sure. No. And so I sang it as though I was joking in case I was wrong. That was bad. Okay. But you know what's not <laughs> bad? The topic for the night. Castles. Castles. Yes. Castles. Right. Like 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 made of like stone and, and, and like like moats and Is shit. Is that what you're gonna talk about? And like no, not at all. I but. didn't think so. <laughs> yeah, that's not what I'm talking about. Yeah, like like imagine like a princess is locked in in the castle and there's there's a dragon defending it defending the castle defending the castle and not a, not keeping the princess prisoner. well is defending its its castle the castle the i'm not dragon. gonna pretend like i understand these ancient fairy tales i don't okay so well we have a guest this episode oh do we we do and it is hanzo a return guest welcome yeah. <laughs> he he's back home in the appalachians so he's connecting with us via the interwebs. Yeah. Last time he was here in person. He was. And I, if I recall, he's the reason why we have that beer splatter stain on our wall. The reason it's still there, though, is our fault. Because <laughs> we keep forgetting it's there until we remember it's there because we see it. Yeah, I'm and looking then, at it right now. Yeah, and if you look away from it, you instantly forget about it. Did I splatter beer on the wall? Yeah, when your drunk ass fell. <laughs> you, you picked up your beer and got up out of the chair to go to the bathroom, and then you tripped and you fell. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> well, that wall, that wall need redid anyway. It did. No, you made it better. You did. You I created, didn't improve it. You created a memory. The next time I'm down, I'm going to autograph the splotch. <laughs> that's going to be a big signature because that's a big splotch. We really should have cleaned it by now. I keep forgetting it's there. I'll, I'll buy you one of the Mr. Clean magic erasers or something. <laughs> I bet, honestly, Windex would get rid of it. I just keep forgetting it's there. It's probably really easy clean. It's probably stained by now. This is, that, was, that was many months ago. Uh, I bet it'd be fine. Hmm. So, uh, Hanzo, your wife was on the show last week. That was Miss Alice May. Alice May, what a delight. Yeah, she's a real treasure. Sounded a little sarcastic there. Who, me? <laughs> <laughs> well, before we move on to talking about all sorts of amazingly fun things, Jessica. Yes. Will you talk about our wonderful, most beautiful people in the world? Our patrons. Our patrons. Our patrons. Of course I will. They are mom. What are you doing? I'm, I'm counting for you. I, I held up my fingers. I'm counting. You're oh. just confusing well, me. How hard is it to count to one? <laughs> Shut up. What, you, don't, you don't even know how to count. <laughs> you, were, you looked like you were counting down like you wanted me to wait before I spoke. You just confused me. Okay, just keep, keep your mouth shut. Mom and dad, of course. Terry, my husband. Danny, your fiance. Um, also, David, Sweet Sam, TJ, Ricky, Jeremy, and also, Abria. Thank you guys so much for being patrons. 
Uh, you warm our hearts. You keep us going. And thank you. Yeah, thanks. We love you all equally. If I love any, you like I love my fiance. I don't think you do, actually. No? I hope not. Oh, we'll see. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, two of them are our parents, so hopefully it's not the same. Well, uh, did, did you say Jake's fiance's name is Danny? Her name is Danielle, yes, but we call her Danny. Well, Danny's more on brand with him. It's, <laughs> I don't get it. He means you're gay. <laughs> <laughs> he was supposed to answer. <laughs> How dare you? Well, uh, in all honesty, though, I did. I did listen to. I did listen to that <laughs> shit. Cut that. <laughs> I did. I did. Li- I did listen to the Alice May episode, and it was it was good. It was very much on on brand on, on the Hanzo brand. She did great. I thought she did. She did, and I I think it was in in her honor. It was a very crime filled episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was uh, I was actually uh, rooting for her to know. The stories you talked about, which Jake, Jake Fuller, he got one buyer, but you did not, Jess. I didn't. You went all the way to Japan and couldn't get one buyer. Could not get away. Yeah. She was like, hey, here's 50% of the globe. Don't talk about anything that happened at all in any of these places. And I was like, okay, cool. Let me just find a spot that isn't inside any of that that you marked off. And I did. And she was like, oh, sorry. She's she's an animal. She's a machine. You, you got like this short list of places she's not aware of every murder, and it's like uh, Kuala Lumpur and uh, Burkina Faso, and you know you you could not have you 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 did the best you could. And, I really and you did. Failed. I did. And it's it's acceptable. Jacob had to wander all the way up to the North Pole to like the only civilization that exists up there. And then yeah. then he finally found a crime. She I had I had Google Maps until I could find a place that I had never heard of. Yeah. Good. But I did. She's, she's a sick woman. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> well, all right. Well, me and you, Jess, we had shots of some. Ivanovich watermelon vodka. Yes, we did. What about you? What about you, Hanzo? What did you uh, What did you take shots of? I took three shots of mellow corn. Ooh, what's that? I assume it's a whiskey. It is. It's a it's a unaged, uh, uh, bottled in bond, 50-50 split of just like un- unaged corn whiskey. You said really? Huh? Yeah, corn whiskey. <laughs> Jacob sent him. Sorry, I'm giggling now because Jacob's fiance snuck in here with a beer and then he revealed to me he had texted her very quietly. Bring me a beer. Yes. And she did. So she did. You didn't even know. So. So Daniel is in the room. Not anymore, but she was. She. (laughs) (laughs) Silence. Silence. If you say so. Anyway, we're drinking some Shiner Bach on the show tonight yes we are that's this is the only kind of beer i can sip on so far it's it's great beer Uh, i'm a shiner fan Uh, are you sipping on anything over there hanzo yeah i'm actually uh i've been working on this recipe for the horatio corn blower and this is why i had the mellow corn on hand uh i don't know about you guys but i i really like the show archer and one of the things I like about it 
is, uh, you know, about every episode or every other episode, he, he drinks a different type of cocktail. And there was an episode where they were going to the bottom of the sea to retrieve a, an atomic bomb. And uh, he was at the mercy of, of whatever was in the bar uh, on the submersible they were in. Mm-hmm. And he, he came up with, uh, he was using pure Kentucky moonshine, but he came up with this uh, variation on the, the Harry Naval that he called the Horatio Cornblower. And I have been trying to perfect that recipe, and I've got it pretty close. Uh, the, the one I'm making now is very, very good. Horatio Hornblower, you say? No, no, no. Horatio Cornblower. <laughs> <laughs> oh. How masculine. Excuse me. <laughs> Horatio. Well, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a play on the fictional British sailor Horatio Hornblower because it, it does, uh, you know, it, it's mostly corn whiskey. It's the Horatio Cornblower. No, that makes sense to me. I I laughed because I didn't know what the origins were and Hornblower sounds much more homosexual. <laughs> That's why I giggled anyway. I, yeah, I, was, I think Cornblower. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just gotta... Anyway... I would request that you uh, send us the recipe you perfected. I'd like to try a corn blower. I, I most certainly will. It's it's very very good. And we, uh, I'm, I'm fairly certain, have a lot of um, Archer fans that listen to the show. I say a lot. I say probably the majority of the people who listen. So probably like nine people <laughs> listen or uh, watch Archer as well. I know Kyle's one of them. Do you want to hear my H. John Benjamin impression? Who's that? Yeah, who, who's that? He's the guy that does the voice of Archer. Yes, I do. Okay. Are you ready? I am. Jake is gay. Pretty good, isn't it? I thought that was great. That was, well done. That was bad. That good. didn't even sound anything like him. Good job. I thought that was great. It was pretty good. No, they didn't have any sterling to it. None at all. <laughs> Dead on. <laughs> Dead on. <laughs> Lame. Lame, so lame that we're just gonna we're just gonna move on. We're just gonna we're just gonna we're just gonna skip over everything skip and just right spin the wheel. To spinning the wheel. All right, go ahead. Hanzo, do you have anything to say? Um, um, I, I don't. You know, you know me, Jake. I don't, I don't have a lot of opinions. I don't. I don't really talk a lot. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. The wheel was spinning. Um, <laughs> well, luckily we landed on on a good one. This was one that we very obviously wrote. Uh, drunk. Okay. So. What would cause you to honor kill yourself, as in the ancient Japanese way of seppuku? What would cause you to honor kill yourself, a.k.a. commit seppuku? Yes, like the ancient Japanese samurai. Hmm. So so in order to pr- protect your honor, okay. what, would you, what would cause you to protect your honor in such a way? Well, just, you know, what jumps to mind. We... Have uh, we've played Would You Rather on this podcast several times? Yes. I feel like at some point you have cornered me into choosing between having a inappropriate, sweaty, um, terrible night with either Danny DeVito dressed as Penguin uh-huh. or uh, Nicolas Cage. And obviously, I chose Nicolas Cage to spare myself the mental torment. I believe I also threw in a Paul Giamatti right. as uh, Santa Claus. You've done that, yes. If any, if either of those, Paul Giamatti, so giving 
Paul Giamatti a blowjob while I believe I was holding eye contact by hold while holding eye contact mm-hmm. over the horizon of his gut, uh-huh. which is one situation you put me in. Uh-huh. And another situation is just having any sexual relationship relations with Nicolas Cage at all. Uh-huh. If either of those happened, I would commit post post <laughs> post act. Yeah. If I was if I was legitimately forced into either of those situations, they occurred out of my control. They had to have happened. Mm hmm. Afterwards, I would honor kill myself. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Uh, I've I, I've put you in some pretty bad ones. You you have. I I think for me, um, if anyone were to have completely just blanket can can search my phone, right? <laughs> oh no. They would very quickly probably go to my photo gallery where I have a hidden folder. Uh oh. Sepuku. <laughs> immediately is it a bunch of pictures of feet is that why oh it's it's solely feet <laughs> that's it i have a i have a secret massive foot thing <laughs> honestly i'm thinking about it that's disgusting so <laughs> jacob jacob actually has a an a just like terrible aversion to feet yeah i don't like them which is why very often i'm putting you in situations where you have to like suck on toby Maguire's toes stop it Oh, I'm sorry. Stop uh, it. You know they're hairy like and curled and gross. Gnarled. <laughs> he hasn't trimmed his toenails in like eight weeks. They're probably really clean, actually. Blech. Exfoliated. No. You don't think so? Mm-mm. There's, there's at least, there's sock lint under every little nail. Are you sure? Yeah. I don't know. He seems like a clean person. Well, anyway, Hanso, what would cause you to commit seppuku? Uh, my friend's finding out i was on this podcast probably well i mean a lot of them have already yeah they all know and you're still alive good knowing you (laughs) (laughs) yeah your wife was on the show that's like a quarter of your town (laughs) (laughs) you goddamn devil (laughs) no i'd go out of i don't know uh watching any anime at all Oh yeah, that would do it. Thank you, thank you're, you, Jess, for the assist. Yeah, no, you're anime. no, enjoying anime, anime would do. It. Oh, uh, if, yeah, the acceptance of of other cultures. I think you know, if if I ever find myself doing that, it's probably over for me. If he if he watches the entirety of Attack on Titan in less than a week, he will immediately seppuku himself. I'll yes. test that. I will test that. I'm going to suggest some things to him. Uh huh. And then I'm going to insist that he watches them just wear him down until he does yeah and if he enjoys them like i think he will and then doesn't honor kill himself then i'll challenge him on this answer and he'll have to re-answer that's good that's fair we can force him to honor kill himself (laughs) (laughs) well i mean he'll have to choose something else also coward coward if he doesn't commit suicide (laughs) no one said anything about suicide this is the ancient way honor kill Yes. Honor kill what? Yourself? Yes. That's suicide. It's an honorable death. Honorable suicide is still suicide. Look, it's hardcore, dude. You've seen them like stab themselves and like they go in circles and shit. In movies? Oof. Yes, I've seen that. They go in circles? They, it's a line across, actually. There's no circle. No. I. It's you stab. You try to make a circle. No. Nope. Yeah. And then someone cuts your head off. No. Uh-huh. No. You stab into your bowels. And then you drag it across from one side to the other. 
And hopefully, if someone has mercy on you, they behead you before, you know, you can suffer for too long. No, I think they make a big circle. They try to. You just can't because, you know, that's impossible. I don't think that's true. I just have a feeling it's not. Well, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google some Seppu circles. All right. I don't know what you're going to find when you Google that, because that's not what it's, it's probably going to be. Some nasty porn, <laughs> some like tentacle porn. We uh, we spun the wheel and we answered it is satiated. Now, I assume we move into my story. We do. We move into your story and then we'll go into the break. Yeah. And then we'll hit up Hanzo and then myself. OK, uh, before so, we get started, do you need to go to the bathroom or anything? Nope. We're good to go. All right. So uh what I settled on may not be as interesting to the two of you. Maybe you've already heard of this story, but I'm going to tell our listeners a story about a tragic suicide and the Castle Bromwich riots. Are you ready? Okay. So I will quote uh, a popular song. It's called The Man on the Flying Trapeze, and the quote goes as follows. Once I was happy, but now I'm forlorn. Like an old coat that's ragged and torn. No one to care for me through the wide world I roam. So this was written on a scrap of paper left behind near the body of Mary Ann Turner. She was discovered by a local farm boy in the early morning of March 11th, 1886. Oh, so you're, you're going way back. Well, yeah. So Mary Ann was a seamstress. Um, she worked as a dressmaker for a prestigious company called the Warwick House. It was Birmingham's, or Birmingham, I don't know how they pronounce it. Birmingham? Yeah, probably Birmingham. Birmingham's first department store. Uh, And it was situated in a fine Georgian building in New Street. And though it may have been prestigious, the pay and the conditions were very poor. Now, apparently, Mary was only 17 when she fell in love with William Bagnall. William was the son of a well-to-do owner of uh, masonry brick work or something like that um, at a Hodge Hill at Hodge Hill, sorry, in the parish of Castle Bromwich. Castle Bromwich is a place, not an actual castle. Okay. But they were probably one of the wealthier families in that area. So she was probably super stoked when he was like, hey girl, you looking good. I like those dresses. You know, she was like, oh my God, really? I saw your ankle bear last year. Right. (laughs) He was like, damn. Mm-hmm. I saw those heels. William. William, who has lots of money and comes from a very well-to-do family. He was a prominent member of St. Margaret's Church, and he sang in the church choir. In fact, it is at this church, at St. Margaret's, where he and Mary met. He saw her ankles there, of all places. Can you believe it? I can believe it, dude. Those Catholics are freaks. Wild. Just, just <laughs> nuts. So, apparently... They became engaged to be married. Now, according to contemporary newspaper reports, she was far too trusting about what he claimed their situation was, relationship-wise. Meaning, when this story is told modern day, she claims they were engaged to be married. However, William's family had no knowledge of this. Secret engagement. That's what she may have thought. Ah. And probably why she decided to have sex before marriage. Oh my God, what a slut. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, Mary ended up pregnant. Oops. Oh no, I've heard this story before. 
I'm sure you have. And William was like, huh? Engaged? (laughs) Not to me. (laughs) I'm a devout Catholic. (laughs) So she had been absent from work for a suspiciously long time. And her fellow employees were like, hey, what's going on? You've been gone for a while. And so she returned to work and showed them two rings that she claimed were given to her by William. She said one was an engagement ring. She'd already told them she was affianced to him. Right. And the second one, she said, was her wedding ring. Why'd she have the wedding ring already? Well, that confused them as well. Mm-hmm. And as it turned out, Mary was hiding the fact that she had been with him before marriage and that now that they had been together, he was denying they were ever together in the first place. Ugh. I know. Disgusting. Exactly. So the unfortunate Mary was cast out by her family. She was unable to find support from any other relative or friend she had in the area. She was homeless, became destitute. And on the evening of Wednesday, March 10th, which would be the day before she was discovered, um, she went to St. Margaret's Church. She knew that Will attended, William. And so she went there to meet him and to essentially beg for assistance and for shelter. So it was a distance away. She obviously had no support, and it was in the middle of March in England. So it was was a little chilly. It was incredibly chilly. And I can only assume she was kind of like sent with whatever she had. I don't know that she was prepared for the cold, we'll say. So she walked. She walked to the church. Poor pregnant Mary showed up there, and she begged William to take her in and to help her. Um, however, her quote-unquote fiancé would leave the church after choir practice and completely denied he had had any relations with her whatsoever, uh-huh. ignored her pleas, and headed straight for the local pub. The with, choir boy? The choir boy, yes, with, wow. some, with some friends, you know. The mason? Yes, the very same. So, um, Mary followed him there. She walked. He took a carriage of some kind. And she waited outside the pub for him to come out, hoping that he would take some sort of pity on her, I guess, like maybe seeing her out the window. It seems a little desperate. She was. She was very desperate, um, having been, you know, cast out by her family, that sort of thing. And uh, her hopes were quashed. He left the pub with his friends, continued to ignore her, and he left, abandoning her in the street. So Mary, not giving up just yet, followed him to his house. Okay. She showed up at his house, and uh, she was given basically the exact same answer, this time from William's father, who had no idea she existed, was not aware of any engagement. Poor Mary. Very distraught, she disappears, knowing now that William would not marry her, and she is with child, faced with a future of caring for herself and a child on the streets of of, uh, 19th century England. Mm. Not looking too great. Now, nearby was a moat. They called it a moat. I'm a, it, based off of the maps, it looked like it was a convenient river that kind of surrounded uh, Castle... The, the castle? Yeah, Castle Bromwich. So it was there that Mary uh, left her suicide note. Oh, no. The verse of a, a song that was popular during that time. And she threw herself into the freezing water. Oh, for shame. Yes. Um, The next morning, William Bagnall Sr., William's father, Mm -hmm. 
apparently figured that's what she was going to do because he sent one of his farmhands out to inspect the local like ponds and rivers and it sounds like basically every water source around right just trying to like find her body of course he discovered it so her frozen body was pulled from the moat and it was taken to the only inn in the area at the time which was called the fox and goose uh this is kind of where her story her very sad story was passed around to the locals so people who knew her personally which obviously were many of them it was not a very large place at the time uh it kind of began to spread like wildfire because at that time i guess they were there was a lot of tension between the upper class and the lower class those pesky bourgeoisie <laughs> uh yeah i there were a lot of riots during this time mm-hmm. the late 1700s and the early 1800s especially in the uk and so just very poor timing for uh bagnall right. you know for william to search for some strange Ugh. he decided to look for it with the lower class ladies and this was just a really poor time to do that so it is what it is later that month the coroner's verdict uh was inevitable she had committed suicide and he ruled it due to temporary insanity however he'd also added that her insanity may have been aggravated by the inhumane treatment of the bagnalls which were known in that area as being upper class and uh probably had a reputation of abusing people as the rich tend to do yeah I'm under. Uh, I'm starting to understand why you uh, had had the word riots, right? In your in your don't talk about list, right? So now we get into the meat of it. Mary's funeral. It took place near her home at Saint Savior's Church in Saltley, and uh, it was attended by a very emotional crowd. Like two thousand mourners showed up. Jesus Christ! And uh, the story just kind of took. It just kind of caught fire. And it spread and it spread, so people who had no idea who she even was when she was alive just started showing up, which led to an angry mob. Right, as as they do. Right, so not very long after the funeral, almost immediately, an angry mob headed from Salt Lake to Hodge Hill to the home of the Bagnalls. Yeah, fuck them. Burn them. <laughs> oh, Burn <wow>. it down. <laughs> okay. What happens? Um, well, they basically rioted all around their property. Um... Day by day, the crowd grew larger and larger. At first, it was just kind of a group of angry protesters, but it became progressively more violent um, and angry. Headlines were reading, uh, Extraordinary riots in picturesque village. You know, tragic affair na- near Birmingham. Or man seduced the girl that he refused to marry. That ah. kind of thing. So now even more people are showing up having read the newspapers. Um, Police were called in to hold back the crowd for a while. However, the fence they stood behind collapsed under the weight of just the sheer number of people. A lot of very poor people finding an excuse to take out their anger on upper class people who they are very confident have done something immoral. You eat the rich. Uh, Bricks and tiles from the Bagnall's own brickyard were hurled at their house. And soon there was not a single window on their home that wasn't broken and shattered by all of the things they were throwing. 
Old Mrs. Bagnall, aged 70, was hit by a brick. <laughs> oh, no. Was hit by a brick which came hurtling through her window and she was badly injured. Um, the entire brickworks was wrecked. A wagon was rolled downhill inexplicably. They tipped the wagon. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> their wood pile was burned. Anything that was wooden around their house was burned. Thank God they lived in a home made of stone. Uh <laughs> A contingent of police were called, I guess, from nearby to just kind of assist the local police. And um, what it ended up turning into is that they kind of just scattered. According to the police who were there, there were so many in number in this riot in particular on the Bagnall's property, they must have been several thousand. There were not that many authorities to actually try to get a handle on the situation. So everyone scattered. I think total, it, it said they were able to arrest like 15 people. Mm -hmm. And most of them were like teenage boys. Yeah, they were kids. Basically. So everyone scattered. It amounted to essentially very little consequence. And uh, because the, like I said, the story had kind of like caught fire, the judge in this case caught wind of it. And so the Bagnalls were not given any sort of consequence necessarily because okay. it just wasn't a provable situation either but there also wasn't much of a consequence given to the people who were arrested and that's about it the Bagnall's property and poor old Mrs. Bagnall were victims <laughs> <laughs> to to a bunch of angry poor people who just wanted to take out their anger on some rich folks wow um I will add though that when the Bagnall's home was besieged and their furniture and all of their uh, personal items were looted uh -huh. or broken by the mob of angry poor people. The male Bagnalls had already fled. And only, <laughs> and, and only the females remained. <laughs> and this included at the trial itself. No male Bagnall made an appearance, and it was Mrs. Bagnall who took the stand on her family's behalf. Oh, <coughs> that's amazing. That is great. Yes. That is great. Oh. This, this was, where was this, France? No, it was uh, Birmingham, England. Oh, well, it should have been France. <laughs> wow. So that... That uh, that protest sounded a little sounded fiery, but uh, but mostly peaceful. Did but it? Mostly peaceful, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it depends on how you look at it, really. But wow. uh, yeah, so not so great. Really, really not so great on either side. Jeez, I can't believe what did they, how did they get out? I don't know, dude. They fucking <laughs> ditched. Old Mrs. Bagnall the, the was, they, they like sat her in front of a window and they were like, <laughs> chill here. Take a brick, bitch. <laughs> For the cause. The, the Bagnall name will live in infamy. <laughs> As girl punchers and abandoners. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Your wife is on fire. Would you like to douse her with a liquid? No, thank you. I'm part Bagnall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Jesus. <laughs> your your sister is being accosted by a mob. Let it be. Show me the nearest exit. I'm a bagnall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, just a really, really poor, really poor timing on uh, being a asshole. Yeah. Who's just, you know, fucking the pores. Yeah. This was a very poor time to do that. <laughs> and your grandma suffered for it. <laughs> you know what? Sounds like she took it like a champ. Okay. She's fine. She ended up, well, she's not now, you know, <laughs> but she, <laughs> she was then. <laughs> I just well, imagine her in one of those old ass, like, wooden wheelchairs. <laughs> <laughs> they pushed her in front of the window. They just sat her in front of the, you know, she's all, she's all old and, and fucking like all cybered out. She's just like staring blankly. <laughs> Well, they uh, they breed those bagnall women tough. <laughs> Apparently, they have to be. <laughs> yeah, it's... Their, their sons abandon them at the first sign of trouble. <laughs> God, oh, very yeah. well done, Jessica. You're welcome. Well done. Yes, thank you. You thank did you manage to make what would be what we would normally consider a boring story into an infamous one, probably. Right. right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, let the Bagnall name. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna get Bagnall just on. <laughs> tattooed right on the back of my neck, so everyone knows what I'm running away. <laughs> well, all right, that's it. Short and sweet. I I decided to find someone that or a story that wasn't so long. And uh, a lot of the reason it took me forever is because I didn't want to just talk about the history of a castle, because um, they were all pretty boring. Wow. All right. Well, I I gotta take it's a piss. It's gonna be tough to top the Bagnalls. Oh, just wait. Just wait. I mean, if, if there's one thing people love, it's violence against women. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it has remained consistently a, a very hot topic. So, yeah. Well, just wait, because I don't talk about violence against women. I talk about violence against children. Children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The very next best thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But first... It is time that we take a break. I must use the bathroom and Jessica has to like I don't know, powder her nose or some shit. I no, I'm just she, gonna I'm just gonna I'm I'm good. I'm gonna pee and then come she's, back. She's gonna hit the feed bag. Yeah. I'm not a horse. <laughs> Get the curry comb out and go drink from your trough. Stroke, <laughs> stroke through her mane. Great. Hey, are you, are you there? Hello. 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 All right. We hear you. We got to get into the nitty gritty here. Now's your chance to talk shit about Alice May because she talked a bunch of shit about you. She did. Endlessly. On we had, we had to cut her off. I only have wonderful things to say about my wife. Oh, that's so sweet. She's, a, she's an excellent uh, mother, a devoted wife. Um, Is she next to you? Mm-hmm. She's uh, she, she sets her mind to something. She accomplishes it. She was a wonderful, Excellent. Guest. wonderful woman, beautiful, redheaded woman, beautiful, redheaded woman. This wasn't fun. <laughs> I wanted to have fun. Speak. Not this. Not this. Oh, I love my wife. So she made it sound like when you guys met that, uh, you you won her over. 
by calling her beautiful redheaded woman all night long. Uh, I may have said it twice. She, <laughs> I woke up the next morning with her own number in my pocket. So, you know, and anything to the contrary, she told you is uh, pure poetic exaggeration. Oh, she gave you her number. And she did indeed. Interesting. There are two sides to the story because that's are. not how she makes it sound. It's, that's the real one. No, she made it sound a lot more like a Stockholm syndrome. Well, there may have been a little of that. <laughs> I'm an imposing figure, albeit short, but imposing. <laughs> what are you looking at? Sorry, Luke sent me a video, and I, I can tell what it's about based off of the description in the link. What is it? It says, man grabs hornet's nest with bare hands and eats it. Oh. Well, I guess this Luke here, I guess he has all his legs and arms, doesn't he? Well, I mean. What's that got to do with anything? I'm just saying, you know, poor Terry's laying in the next room. <laughs> barely holding on to life. Luke has a boyfriend, okay? I guess Jay cooked him up. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't do that. Probably um, one of Danny's friends from the club. Okay, they serve great cocktails, all right? So, em jokes yeah. jokes on you. Emphasis on tails. Or cock. Or cock. <laughs> there it is. That's right. Yeah. The drink menu, cock is in all caps, and it's bold. Cock. Cock tails. <laughs> Very flamboyant italics. Can you let us know what it was like um, when you were working for Hollywood? Are you talking to me? Yeah, yeah. You know, I this you're some kind of. This is a short joke, and no, 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 no. I I just wanted to know what it was like to represent the Lollipop Guild. I, I, I just said it's a short joke, and you said no, 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 no. I didn't know. I didn't know Hanzo was an actor, but now that you say it, it he does have. He does kind of look like a, a smaller version of Mike Myers. I will rape you in half. <laughs> He's got an impressive Hollywood career, you know. I know. I know. Weren't you in a what Game of Thrones? He was. He was the stunt double for that one guy. For that one guy. Oh, in Elf. What was his name again? Dinklage. Uh, Peter. Peter Dinklage. No, no, no. That's not the one. Yeah, it's Peter Dinklage. Uh, his name was, uh, fuck you. <laughs> that's what his name was. I don't think so. I don't know. I don't remember fuck you winning any Emmys. Well, I don't know about the Emmys, Jake. Only your people watch the Emmys. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one who's a baby about most liquors. I'm not a baby. I'm a big man. <laughs> As look, you show me your three look, chest hairs. I, was, I, got, I got at least 12 now. Look at that. At least 12, Jake. Yeah, thank you. Well done. Thank you. They're long, too. They're a little curly. 
All right, we're done with the break. Let's move into the next wheel spin. Uh, did you spin the first time? Yeah, I spun it because Hanzo wouldn't stop talking. Okay, I'll spin it now. Oh, good spin. Thanks. Good spin. Normally you do some weak spins. That was a good one. Was okay. A good one. I mean, I don't agree with that, but thank All you. Right. All right. I appreciate well, it. Right, that was a good one. Okay. Good thank one. you. All right, Jessica. Yeah. And she has hooves. I mean, <laughs> how do you spin a wheel with hooves? I'm not a horse. <laughs> okay, Horsica. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> did, did you say did you say something, Horsica? What is it, girl? What is it? Oh, my God. <laughs> Come on. I'll give you a sugar cube. Uh, here's a sh- here's a carrot. Here's you know a what? carrot, girl. I can ride roller coasters you're not allowed on. <laughs> is there any ho- roller coaster a horse is allowed on? That's a, that's a pretty poor attack. I mean, from a species standpoint, sir, would you please get your horse... <laughs> <laughs> oh look at Hanzo <laughs> he's not allowed on that roller coaster <laughs> that doesn't make any sense it's uncanny that doesn't sound like me it's just like, I, I can't tell that who's talking <laughs> it's the same person that it's not I'm not a horse <laughs> Hanzo's not allowed on the Carolina Thunder <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I can okay. smell your oat breath across the phone. I haven't eaten any oats. Well, then no wonder you're so uppity. <laughs> somebody, somebody strap the feed bag on Sea Biscuit, will you? My goodness. Jeez. Go on. Right. Go on. I spun the wheel. All right. I'm going to answer first. What does it say? Here it is. Here it is. It's karaoke time. What song do you choose? What 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 is it? What's your go-to karaoke song? Um I choose uh I don't remember the artist now because I'm four shots in at this point. Uh but I will survive. Do you remember the singer? I don't. No, but I can look it up while you explain why. Um I will sing it because every time I've heard it come on the radio or like a speaker system, I always notice people like bopping along to it. Okay. I'd sing it because I would be basically like guaranteed for people to enjoy the song and not oh, really pay attention to me. Not relying on your talent. Exactly. Okay. Yes. It's like a shoe in, you know, oh, by the way, it's Gloria Gaynor. Gloria. See, I knew Gloria, but I didn't remember the last of it. Mm-hmm. I like that song a lot. That's good. That's good. See, I think I think I'm going to go with a kind of an old school artist as well. I'm going to go with some Tom Jones. I see. Okay. I like me some Tom Jones. And, and the I, song? Uh, you know what? I think in in the same same fashion as yourself there, one that just everybody can get behind. And it's going to be She's a Lady. Nice. Yes. Well done. Thank you. Because Ever- it doesn't matter how good I am. So long as I'm walking around the stage pointing at random, you know, mm-hmm. well, I can't say that word. Okay. <laughs> Pointing at women. Being like, you, you're the lady. And then switch it up on the next verse. Were like, you going to say bitches? I was going to call them fats. Random fats? Yeah, I'm going to make the fats feel good about themselves. You know, like, like I'm like, you, you thick, giant brunette. I'm singing about you, you know, and then swap over to the, 
to the the fat blonde with the little tiny haircut that you think makes her face look skinnier, but it really doesn't. The pixie haircut. Yeah. That doesn't do the do the job. No, if anything, it makes it look more round, you know? I do. Yeah. I've got kind of a round face myself. I think it'd be a mistake. It, w- it would be a mistake. I think so. It would be a mistake. I think so. All right, I would Hanzo. Say it's a long face. Anyway, what song would you be singing for your karaoke? Uh, well, I'm, I'm very tempted to choose Wildfire, uh, given certain, uh, give, given the current circumstances. But it, it's got to be the B-52s Rock Lobster. Uh, <laughs> well done. Wow. That's a good choice. Everybody loves Everyone that song. was wearing matching towels. <laughs> you don't even have to sing, honestly. No. Rock Lobster. You know what? That's why he chose it, because he could he could keep his thick-ass hillbilly accent, and no one would care. No one would. Uh-uh. You can't sing Rocket Man with a thick-ass accent like that. Everyone would judge you. You can't sing what? Rocket Man. I'm assuming that was his number two. You went with a bad one there. I mean, if, if Shatner can get away with Rocket Man. He didn't. Shatner didn't get away. Shatner didn't get away with 99.98% of the songs that he did. No, that was all like yeah, sympathy the, the for him being senile. Got away with Rocket Man. Whatever. He murdered his wife. Or at least allowed her to die. What? Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is just one of those things that, that you don't know unless you know. Fuck you. Google it. Shatner murdered his wife. I mean, okay. <laughs> strange circumstances. That's for sure. Mm. Who knows? I don't know. If my if, if my wife was drowning in a pool, I wouldn't wait like 17 minutes to call authorities. He waited a lot longer than that. Uh, I'd probably get in that pool, but he, he would not. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's some shady circumstances. If you like William Shatner, you really need to read up about this. Yeah. Sh- I don't know. Barely like William Shatner, but I'm intrigued and shall and, and shall investigate. <laughs> he's a, he's a shady man at best. It's uh, it's a complicated <laughs> situation. We'll just say that. Um, all right, those were good choices. Yeah, I think I think we all love each other's choices there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I, I'd bop my head yeah, to all of your songs. We all opted for popularity. No one's trying to impress anybody. You know. No, no, no. If I was trying to impress people, I I would have gone with like a Celine Dion or something, you know? Like I, a, I would have said Creep by Radiohead. Uh, I mean, that won't really impress so much as it's just oh, going to... That, that high part? You got to be able to sing to do Creep by Radiohead. Okay. I feel like Shatner can do it. I mean, it might be difficult with the accent. <laughs> yeah. I'm a Crip. I'm a weirdo. Are we done here? <laughs> 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 yes, yes, we are. Now we're moving in to what you would like to share. It is time for Hanso's. Yeah, yeah, You, We told you that the topic was castles, and, and you chose a topic, and now is your time. Yes, it's time for your contribution. I hope you know that your wife's contribution to our episode last week was, was fantastic. It was thorough and incredible. So that's what you're competing with. Very well. The castle I wish to speak about is uh, fairly fairly new as castles are concerned. Uh, the castle I'm I'm talking about was built, uh, constructed, if you will, in 1974. Interesting. The castle was built by Jerry Conway, John Ramita Sr., Ross Andrew, and of course, this castle is Frank Castle, oh. the Punisher. Oh, the Punisher. 
strong foundation this castle has. This castle was born of vengeance, blood, revenge, Vietnam vet. This castle is a very controversial figure. This castle got away with wearing white go-go boots all the way into the early 2000s. The Punisher, Frank <laughs> Castle. Frank Castiglione is his actual name, but he goes by Frank Castle. Why does he go by Frank Castle? He wants to keep the mob off the... He doesn't have many surviving family members. The mob has killed most of them. That's why the Punisher went on his rampage. He was taking his wife and his two kids out for a nice walk in Central Park, and they saw the mob murder a guy. So the mob came after him, came after his family, murdered his wife, murdered his kids. Who wouldn't do the same? Murder his wife and who kids? Who wouldn't go? Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't seek vengeance? Or at least wish obviously for it? Not, obviously not Terry, because he's not able to get up out of the his assisted living facilities. But Terry has all know, of his limbs. Things, he can't get up and do anything about it. But I mean, everybody else would, right? He's one of the Marvel heroes, one of the A-listers that doesn't have superpowers. He's very relatable. The Punisher and Black Widow. You've got two people that hang with the big boys that have no superpowers. You know, they're, they're an everyman. What about Hawkeye and Iron Man? They don't got powers. All right, number one, Iron Man has powers. He's a, a, a super intellect, a billion dollar. Uh, if, if you don't consider a billion dollar budget, and super intellect powers, then I pity you, Jake. Well, pity me, bitch. Well, I mean, to that point, I think pretty much universally, everyone who is a DC comic fan considers Batman to be the only superhero that does not have superpowers. Because being rich, although extremely helpful, doesn't necessarily mean you have superpowers. I mean, you also got Black Canary. She doesn't have any superpowers. I said A-listers. I guess she can also do some screaming or some shit. I don't know. They made her lame as shit. I don't know who that is. Uh, well, you wouldn't because she's lame as shit. She's married to the Green Arrow, who's also that, lame as shit. I don't know that anyone could say that, like, Hawk Girl has superpowers. She's got a giant fucking morning star and she'll rock across your head, Jess. But she swings it with normal strength. No, she's got she's got strength. I mean, she's I an alien. A, I was a child. She's an alien. I remember her flying at normal bird speeds. They, she, they also made them screech in that show. <laughs> Hawk Girl and Hawkeye were like, ah! <laughs> As they were coming towards their enemies. I, I barely remember it. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, Frank Castle, the Punisher. Oh yeah, says yes. Back to back to Frank Castle. Well, well, what what more is there to say? I mean, he is uh, he's he's an everyman. He appeals to every comic book reader. He appeals to he's an everyman. Jake, even though you're in one of these unitarian relationships, you know, if, if some if some mob's comeback comes uh, comes through Central Park and mows down your adopted kids and your husband, <laughs> you're going after them, right? I mean, everybody everybody dreams of doing that, right? You know, going after these scumbags. That's what separates the Punisher from all other. Marvel superheroes is his relatability he has, is his relatability. He has no powers other than the go-go boots. 
you know, th- th- which in the right circles commands respect. <laughs> uh, you know, who, who doesn't want to fill a conversion van full of uh, automatic weapons and RPGs and go after the bad guys? If you're asking, I was reading that quite a lot of people are considering him to be not so relatable and a bit uh, out of date for his his desire for violence. Pansies. <laughs> <laughs> I blame the schools. For uh, for teaching the the pansy mindset. Yes, I think uh, I think every PE class should start with a half hour retrospective on Frank Castle and how he avenged his wife. Every then, class uh, every after single that, one. They can right. play dodgeball uh-huh. or kickball. Okay. Or you know, bludgeon their fellow students with the butt of a revolver. Just to relate. Just dealer's choice. I mean. Right. Yeah. It's de- yeah exactly. Really dealer's put themselves choice. in his, Frank in his Castle is an American hero. He's is a Vietnam he? vet, for God's sakes. <laughs> I don't know. I watched I watched The Punisher on Netflix, and he, he definitely did not go to Vietnam. He's much too young for that. You know what? I will go as far as to say I watched not one, but two Punisher movies, and not one of them went to Vietnam, in fact. Jake, I'm not talking about some watered-down hippie shit that you (laughs) saw on some streaming service. I'm talking about the real deal. (laughs) I'm talking about Amazing Spider-Man number 129, 1974, Jerry Conway, John Romita Sr., uh, the Jackal, which is a Spider-Man foe, hired the Punisher, who was a freelance mercenary at the time, uh, he convinced the Punisher that Spider-Man was a bad guy and showed him a bunch of periodicals J. Jonah Jameson had wrote about how Spider-Man was a menace and he was a foe to the city and, and convinced the Punisher that Spider-Man was a bad guy and the Punisher went after him and tried to kill him. That was uh, the first appearance of the Punisher. He showed up again in Spider-Man 120, or I'm sorry, 132 was his second appearance. He was, uh, I think 1979 was the next time he was in comics. I may be wrong. I would I would have to go back and look. Because you own these issues? Uh, no, I do not own 129 anymore. I used to have it back in the day. I don't have it now. What'd you do with it? I sold it. It was probably very valuable, honestly. It, it was not all that valuable at the time, actually. I, <laughs> it did extremely valuable now. Oh, I bet you're kicking yourself then. Hate it. <laughs> Hate it. What'd you sell it for? I, I sold a bunch of my comics back in the late 90s. I had a stack of New Mutants number 98. I probably had 15 copies of it, which was the first appearance of Deadpool. And moved them all for just a couple hundred bucks. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, you, you couldn't have known. Well, I mean, it was a good price at the time. Mm-hmm. Would have fetched a much better price now. Oh, yeah. Much, much better. Yeah. Well, anyway, the Punisher. Yeah, back to the Punisher. Who doesn't dream of taking out the fucking scumbag? I mean, every time you check into a hotel and they give you shit 
about, uh, well, do you have your credentials for your government, right? You want to mow them down with a machine gun. (laughs) (laughs) So it sounds like what you're saying is that the, the appeal of the Punisher is being able to act without a filter. Oh, God, yes, that is, yeah. I mean, uh, he never faces repercussions. Do you think that the Punisher ever, I don't know, explores uh, social media, social medias? Do you think he ever makes a a random, you know, social media account, makes a a, a weird at and, and gives himself a fake you know, profile pictures so that he can he can say what he wants without filters. Do you think that's that's what the Punisher would do? I don't I don't really think that that social media is on his radar. I think it would shoot it. He would shoot it. Just if he gun. could, he would shoot it with a gun, probably. Yeah. And 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 don't we all want to? Social media? He, he, he's an everyman. I, I have a lot of fun with social Jack media. Jack Dorsey? Jack Dorsey? Dead. Dead as hell. <laughs> Shot in the face. Multiple times. If if the Punisher were real today, Jack Dorsey, good as dead. Well, I gotta say, so I I am a Punisher fan, although I have only read a couple of issues. Uh, he's a very interesting concept, and I've read some very interesting points on his character. Um, specifically, that modern day in a world where we have the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Everybody's seeing all of these superheroes with all of these very impressive superpowers and all of that with very little emotional or mental instability. A lot of them seem to be very content with what they do. And there's there is some emotional struggle, but not a whole lot. Whereas someone uh, made a point very recently that the Punisher is very difficult to translate into cinema or TV shows, whatever, um, because his mental instability his struggles or his demons are so realistic correct if you look at the uh if you look at the first avengers movie uh where they tear downtown into rubble uh you know you're watching it and you're enjoying the action and nobody ever says uh you know i wonder what happened to all the people in those buildings right whereas you read the punisher and he, uh, you know, he tears the back of somebody's face out and uh, throws it on the ground and unloads a magazine into it. Well, you know, that hits a little closer to home. Right. I mean, you know, he, he's taken a, a human life and, and desecrated it uh, right there on the page. Mm-hmm. And it makes you, you know, revisit why why is he doing what he's doing there's real consequences to his actions right and much a very very realistic uh sort of weight that he's carrying around as well that people don't really want to get into people seem to find very depressing and actually unrelatable as as fun as it might be to let go of morality and live vicariously through him without his filter as he enacts his, you know, his rage and he rampages and all of that. What I've been reading anyway is quite the opposite. While he may have been an everyman when uh, he, I don't know, was at his peak, whenever that was, long before, I I will say definitely not now, uh, because for whatever reason, and I won't go into my own opinions on the subject, but comic book writers seem to be much more left-leaning now. And 
this is not a left-leaning character. And so it does not seem that writers nowadays can really adequately translate a character like this. They seem to be very put off. They don't enjoy the story. And so their instinct is to change the character, to create a, a story that they're much more comfortable telling. I thought Netflix did fantastic. And John Bernthal was an amazing Punisher. The uh, from a from a publication standpoint, the problems with the Punisher and what he does uh, started almost immediately. Um, he was not afraid to take a life. And that started with his first appearance in Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And his first appearance was in a title where the hero was an individual who prided himself on never taking lives you know spider-man doesn't spider-man doesn't kill people so the the challenge uh, of uh writing the punisher and making him fit within the marvel universe was present from day one they tried in the early 2000s and I'm, I may have this date wrong, man. I, I, I'm really bad with nostalgia, especially with comic books. They they did a series called Welcome Back, Frank, mm-hmm. where Frank sort of came back as this non-violent, well, non-violent, but non-lethal uh, answer to the mob and answer to crime. And the writing and the mental gymnastics that they went through uh, writing the character was pretty well received, but by comic book fans and, and lovers of the Punisher, it was extremely poor received. Here lately, they have done, you know, again, they're trying to modernize the character. Uh, lately, he has become Ghost Rider. He's actually the cosmic Ghost Rider. And they are, and then by doing that, I think they're trying to blend two extremely violent characters together and, and, and hash them out as something new. But, uh, I assume that's in order to better like blend him in. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great point actually. Cause I think Nicholas Cage was a fantastic oh, ghostwriter. No, no, and I, I think no. he could be an even better Punisher. no. It was a t- it was a terrible movie. I was it was an okay movie. No, it was Ghost Rider was awful. Yeah, it was Eva awful. Mendes. No, that was what made it even more unbelievable. What that Eva Mendes Ever. wanted to bone Nick Cage? Yes. <laughs> Ever read a Ghost Rider comic book? Me? Yeah. No, no, I, I can't say that I have. Dude, go read go go read any any volume any series from Marvel Spotlight all the way up to. Uh, Danny Ketch in Mar in, in 1991, Ghost Rider number one, uh, volume two. Read any of them, and then go back and watch that horrible, horrible movie, and tell me that anything about it is good. That movie was fantastic. So, so I had oh he's <laughs> he's just trying to make you upset. <laughs> well, I've done well. Mission accomplished. <laughs> I'm, I'm completely beside myself. So for those of you listening who may not know exactly what we're talking about, I won't assume that everybody listening is a comic book fan. I I am. I won't say I'm as big a fan as Hanzo. I can't tell you what issue anybody appeared in at all in any series. <laughs> I, I can tell you that uh, Spider-Man, he did first appear in uh, Spider-Man number one. You think so? 
Yeah. That's that's not true. Actually, it was Amazing Fantasy 15. <laughs> <laughs> um, if we're discussing Frank Castle, who was the Punisher, that is a difficult story to tell nowadays because that is a character, as Hanso mentioned, is a veteran of a very gnarly war. Vietnam, obviously. We've heard horror stories, all of us. Especially poor Terry, who right. to this day lies motionless because of the atrocities of war. Yes. Yes. My poor sandbag with a head. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I happen to Terry, especially as <laughs> funny that you mentioned that Terry isn't it is a huge Punisher fan, loves Frank Castle. Any issue we own is because Terry purchased it. Um, I think it's a great story personally regardless of whatever your political opinions may be, wherever you stand on violence of any kind. I think it's a great story. It's a refreshing story because I don't know if I'm speaking for myself. I don't think anybody wants to hear the same story over and over. I love Frank Castle. I love that he's an antihero. And uh, I read an article talking about everything wrong with Frank Castle, the Punisher. Pretty much every reason was that he was an antihero and not an actual hero. Basically, that he didn't right. he didn't meet the status quo that he he did kill, that he did struggle with morality, that he was violent at all. Yeah. Well, that, that, you know, and then when I say, you know, he's he's an everyman, I mean, he, he appeals to us more than uh, more than anybody else on a realistic level. If 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 the mob murders my family. You know, I, I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to pop adamantium claws out of my fists and run down to uh, the legitimate businessman's club and break in and stab everybody to death while taking a million gunshot wounds because I'm Wolverine. Right. But All it right. is feasible that I go to the gun cabinet and I grab a bunch of weapons out of the gun cabinet, and I break into that same gentleman, uh, the, you know, the legitimate businessman's club, and mow down the mob. That is possible where the other where the other scenario isn't. Right. And the Punisher was never meant to be a recurring character, and that that's where the catch in his design within Marvel lies. That's where the flaw lies. Originally, he was just called the Assassin, and he was meant to be a throwaway character. And Stan Lee said, no, the Assassin doesn't sound like something we can reuse or something that's relatable within the story uh, that that uh, Conway told. Toward the end, Spider-Man had convinced the Punisher that he was not a bad guy, and the Punisher let him live and moved on. So Stan Lee said, you know, you can't have the assassin. The assassin's going to kill him regardless of, of intent. You know, the assassin is a cold-blooded merc. And he said, name him the Punisher and give him a story arc where he understands the spider, you know, Spider-Man's position and moves on. Well, Spider-Man was one of the most popular titles in the 70s. And People love the Punisher. They love the black costume. They love the fact that he didn't have superpowers. They love the fact that he was able to hold his own with Spider-Man with, with nothing but, you know, an arsenal. And Marvel was forced to bring him up 
time and time again until the fans were satisfied with the fact that the Punisher had his own series. It just got darker from there. I mean, you know, the war, uh, Punisher war journals are extremely uh, it's a miracle that the comics code ever approved any of it. <laughs> yeah, it gets it gets it's pretty crazy. I think it's a very he's a very interesting character. I think the all the things that make him controversial and might also be the things that make him unpopular are what makes him an interesting character in the first place. And I also think that the unwillingness of writers to explore those sort of controversial aspects are the reason why all of these movies keep failing. All of the Punisher films seem to fall short and uh, just do not translate and seem very, you know, either cheesy or very lackluster or poorly done. Um, As well as the show, I kind of thought that the show did that as well. The first season I enjoyed, but the first season also isn't really... I don't know if you had a chance to see it. Uh, the first season so, season of Netflix is The Punisher starring John Bernthal. I've not actually seen the Netflix version. And, and The Punisher, because he doesn't have superpowers or anything like that, has been subject to cinematic interpretation for a very long time. You may not know this. Dolph Lundgren was the first actor to portray The Punisher in film. And that was a film that uh, never hit the theaters and it is fucking horrible it is the worst the next interpretation of the punisher in film was thomas jane in the punisher yep and that was based on the welcome back frank series where he was violent but up to a point you know he, he wasn't taking lives you know, he, he wasn't painting anybody's Winnebago with somebody's brains, <laughs> you know. And so, and it was so, just like the comic series, really bad. It, it was not true to the character, therefore it sucked. Uh, so, I, I've not actually watched the Netflix series. I don't know if he's a murdering scumbag. I don't, you know, I don't know. Well. Is it good? He's first depicted... In season, is it season two of Daredevil? Yeah. Season two of Daredevil was incredible. I thought it was great. He stole the show, honestly. it was The title was Daredevil, but all you really wanted to see was the Punisher. All you wanted to learn about, learn more about was Frank Castle. But the reason they were able to make that work is because he wasn't actually the Punisher yet. He was basically living out his origin story. He hadn't yet taken vengeance on the gang that murdered. You know what? Should we pause for a second while while the dog's barking? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Let me go say something. Terry's probably got headphones on and can't hear it. He can't hear it in his iron lung. <laughs> yeah. I'll be right back. Tell, tell his nurse to move him outside or something. Like that. Yeah, just wheel him. Wheel him outside. Wheel, wheel him out. <laughs> say hi to Jake. Hi. Fine, don't say hi, you asshole. So I would highly recommend the uh, second season of Daredevil. You would love Daredevil. Um, Maybe not. I think Daredevil as a character himself was mishandled. But the villain, Wilson Fisk, is played by Vincent D'Onofrio. And he has done incredibly well. I've watched it too, Jess. Hi. Hi. (laughs) 
Why the well, fuck didn't she say hi to me? Said, Shut up, Jake. <laughs> you wastrel. <laughs> it's kismet that you mentioned Daredevil because and, and you say that he, he was mishandled because Daredevil uh was a, it's a brilliant idea. You've got this kid from Hell's Kitchen who is blinded in this accident and all of a sudden he's you know, his senses are they're increased and, and he all of a sudden he's a crime fighter. Mm-hmm. He was never cool. He was never as cool as Spider-Man, though. So he Daredevil was a lingering title for a, such a long time until Frank Miller. Frank Miller got a hold of Daredevil and turned it into the Punisher. Oh, and Frank luck- Miller got a hold of Daredevil and it got dark as shit. And, and luckily started fucking people up. And thank and, thank God that they made that amazing movie starring Ben Affleck, um, Jennifer, Jennifer Garner. Garner. You, are you finished? <laughs> um, yeah. Well, back to the Netflix series. I do recommend it, um, at least for the appreciation of Wilson Fisk as a villain, incredibly well written and very well acted. The second season is when they introduce the Punisher into this Netflix series sort of mini universe kind of a thing of its own. The Punisher is done very well. He's introduced before he really hits the peak of his violence and, uh, uh, I don't know, lack of value for life. He's still much more conflicted, less of a murder train that just pushes forward without ever stopping. And so that's why I think they were able to execute that story much better because he hadn't quite reached that point yet. Then they decided he was so popular in the Daredevil series, let's create a series all his own. The first season I thought was done very well. And that's because he still hasn't actually become the Punisher. So the first season walks you through his conflict and they're very careful about it. Don't get me wrong. Like it's not perfect. It's not totally ideal, but it is still decently well communicated his development as a character and the peak, you know, the climax of this story is when he comes to that decision. Now, I don't know if this is verbatim to how it was done in the comic books, but in the series, he's on the brink of death and now he has to choose. The spirit of his wife shows herself to him and she's everything he loves and basically like his last tether to being a normal person. He's faced with the decision of allowing himself to die, letting go of life and being at peace, ending his rampage and joining her or yeah. refusing to join her and continuing his rampage and continuing his life. That's pretty true to some of the later. Yeah, that I like that. Yeah. I'll, ch- I'll check it out. And he says no. He turns her down and he chooses hatred, which but- is what makes him an antihero. Yes, that's yeah. the wrong choice, but people make wrong choices all the time, and he's a human being. I thought it well, was great. Well, I only got two episodes into the second season before I got so frustrated I had to stop watching. But yeah. I'm going to force myself to continue watching. I've heard from others that it does improve, but I just don't know how much I trust that. I'm much more scrutinizing when it comes to storytelling than a lot of my friends. So we'll see. I'm going to give it a try. But I do recommend... The Daredevil series, first and second season, at least. Uh, well, the third as well, because Wilson Fisk kind of steals steals the show in that one as well. Vincent D'Onofrio is just incredible. 
Uh, as the only person here who has watched the entirety of uh, Punisher season two, I can tell you it does not get better. Oh, no. That entire season was ass. Yeah. I was lied to? Yes. Oh. Yes, you were. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't I don't, looking forward I, to I it. Don't, I'm not going to watch it. I don't, I don't need to watch it. I've got I've got years of Punisher stories. If it's not, if, if it doesn't, if it's not good, it's just like Iron Fist, man. I, I love Iron Fist. And uh, the, it's, that series, uh, you know, uh, Alice, my wife, watched, uh, she watched all the Marvel. And when they made the Defenders, not the Defenders, oh, I was, was already kind of checked out. It was garbage. But, yeah. Garbage. Iron Fist was garbage. The Netflix series, ass. Defenders, the Netflix series, ass. Well, That's not true. not the Defenders. That's not true. We had a lot of fun watching those. We laughed. We laughed at them because of how unironically terrible they were. This is true. Ugh. Well, Hanzo, <laughs> thank you so much for for uh, informing us <laughs> about the history of, of Frank Castle, the Punisher, and then into just comic book history in itself. You're welcome. I, I was once a, a subscriber of Marvel Unlimited as you said before, for 30 days, because that was free. And I enjoyed it for like a solid four hours that I managed to fit that time in. I mean, I basically only got Marvel Unlimited so I can read the Old Man Logan series. I hear that's oh, a good that one. Oh, that was a good one. Mm -hmm. That was a great series to read. So, back to castles. <laughs> okay, it's my turn. This is going to be, uh, you know, short and sweet. I got I got four little short things to talk about. So... When when we think about castles, most people don't think about bouncy castles. Now, here in the U.S., we call them bounce houses. Right. But the rest of the world calls them bouncy castles. Well, that makes sense. They have high walls and high turrets. They, they got them turrets. They have battlements. They do. Some of them. Some of them have Spider-Man, like Hanzo had talked about, sitting right there on the front with his legs spread. You crawl right through his crotch into the bouncy castle. I haven't seen that personally, but yeah. that sounds like it's not far off from reality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's fair. We're going to go to, to Harlow, Essex. Okay. Now, this is obviously in Britain. Okay. In March of 2016. Now, a young girl, Summer Grant, age seven, she was visiting the Easter fair, not, not Easter like the holiday, Easter like... Not Wester, but Easter, you know? I understand. Okay. The Easter Fair at Harlow Town Park. Okay. She was there with her father and some other relatives, mm -hmm. right? Just enjoying their their nice, you know, spring day. Uh, she decided to go inside of the Circus Superdome. All right. This is, a, this is what they call a bouncy castle. I have a little picture to show you. That's the Circus Superdome. Oh, wow. It really is a dome. It is. It Infl looks like a, an inflatable dome. It looks like a whole a whole bunch of fun. There's two little slits for you to slide into. I'd love to go inside those slits. Absolutely. Who wouldn't? And so she she loved it. She really wanted to go inside of it. And so she did. And now there were two two fairground workers, William and Shelby Thurston. OK, they sound like they're related. They might be husband and wife. Oh, that's right. And these two fairground workers may have failed to ensure that the Circus Superdome was adequately anchored to the ground. Oh. 
Yes, they failed. So while Summer was inside jumping, uh, they only had a few minutes left until the park closed. But they decided, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna let her finish jumping in the Circus Superdome before we take the inflatable down and, and start closing up the park. Wow. The Circus Superdome was blown away from its moorings, Jessica. Ah, a strong gust. A strong gust of wind just lifted it and started sending it cartwheeling down a hill. Oh my god! That's right. It was carried 300 meters, that's about a thousand feet, across of the park before finally stopping okay. while, when it slammed into a tree. Oh. That's right. Summer had multiple traumatic injuries to the head, no. the neck, and the chest. Oh. And she died in the hospital. Yes. So her father and uh, people from the park, they had, you know, obviously they made complaints. The health and safety executive uh, noticed that the fairground operators did not account for proper wind speed measurements. They should have been aware and they should have anchored okay. the, the Circus Superdome accordingly. They did not. And so the Thurstons, William and Shelby, were arrested went to court, they faced a, a jury, and they were prosecuted. Uh, and unfortunately, they were sentenced to three years at Chelmsford Crown Court. I think that means like a British prison. I'm not really positive on that, though. British people do very They do some weird things. shit. Anyway, that was in 2018, so they're out now. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're probably working at another fair or something. That is so sad. I know. Poor seven-year-old Summer Grant. Well, one month later in Norfolk... East England. Right. That's right. There was a girl, a young girl. She was at the beach with her family. And on the beach, you wouldn't guess it, they had a bouncy castle. This company called Bounce About had inflated a bouncy castle right there on the sand for kids to come and pay to play. You know, you got to pay to go inside and, and you have a good time. How exciting. Right. And this bouncy castle, you know, was a lot of fun and people didn't pay any mind to it until they did. Oh. Until until they did. Multiple dozens of calls were made to the Bobbies. They called the Bobbies. They called the Bobbies. Why? Because the bouncy castle had exploded. What? Sending this young girl flying through the air. Oh my god! <laughs> when when paramedics arrived, just four minutes later, the girl was in cardiac arrest and she died. Oh my god! Makes you think Why twice. Did it explode? Makes you think twice about getting a bouncy castle for your kids, did huh? Did they overinflate it? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was the sun, the heat. You uh, have. I'm sorry. You just told that story, and yeah. you have no explanation for why it exploded. You just got all the information that I had. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. That's everything. Yeah. Well, you thought that was terrible. Oh my so, god. Now we're gonna go far, far east. We're going to Yu Chang, China. All right. A much safer place, I'm sure. Yes, far Many safer. Many more restrictions. <laughs> so, okay, there were there might have might may or may not have been, but there was a small <laughs> whirlwind known as a dust devil. Okay, I'm, I'm I've I'm aware of these. It tore through this fairground in Yuchang. Yeah, that had an inflatable, had an inflatable bouncy castle, and there were many a people in it. Now, people as in adults, people as, well? as in there was there were a couple adults. Okay. Uh, so it scooped up this bouncy castle uh -huh. and it lifted it, threw it, some would say. In fact, one 
parent reportedly told local media that they saw children falling from a height of about 20 meters. Oh my God. That's 66 feet. Oh my God. Yeah. So the, you know, detectives or whatever you want to call them, they said that it was unclear whether human factors played a role because, you know, the death devil kind of tore through the entire fairground. Okay. So, you know, it's hard to kind of pin this on someone. I mean, is it? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But 18 children and two adults were hospitalized. One child was in serious condition and two children ended up dying. So, I mean, but two out of like the 24, that's not bad. Those are good odds. Falling 66 feet. That's a long way. (laughs) That's a long way down. Yeah. Uh, The dust storm hit at about like seven in the morning on a Sunday. These are some early risers. Uh, And footage shared on social media, because, you know, that's what we do now, uh, shows people running and stalls collapsing around the fairground. The dust devil just ripped through this entire thing. And at the end of the video, it shows the dust devil lift the bouncy castle high mm-hmm. up in the air. Right. Yeah. Luckily for you, I didn't save the video. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't save it to show you, but it was pretty epic. I will say. It's so sad. Yeah. Any, any words, Hanzo, you get a, you get a bouncy castle for your kids. I have. Yeah. We, we don't all shit here. Uh, you just throw them in the river and hope for the best. <laughs> uh, if you want to see a kid play on, uh, yeah, yeah, throw them in a strong current, <clears throat> they'll be all right. <laughs> all right. Well, last but most definitely not least. Yeah, I got that. December 2021. Okay. So we're talking Just a solid, a few ago. solid four or five months ago. Okay. At a primary school called the Hillcrest Primary School in, in Devonport, Tasmania. Oh. So it's a, it is a province of Australia. So, you know, kids are having a a day at the school. They're celebrating or whatever. The school threw an event that they had some bouncy castles. Um, more than one. They did have more than one. It was, it was a big school event. So I'm going to read you just a couple of, you know, quotes from, from later in the day. Uh, quote, young children on a fun day out, and it turns to such horrific tragedy. At this time of the year, it just breaks your heart. That's right. Another quote. I'm you sorry. It wouldn't break your heart any other time of the year. This time of the year is especially It, it was summer. It was summer for them. I mean, that's, you know. Okay. Like, I mean. Whatever. Okay. Anyway, another quote. You wouldn't dream that a fun activity day would end like this. Probably not. Another quote. We all feel so heartbroken for the parents involved and feel guilty that we are also relieved that our children were not injured. I wouldn't have dreamed. You would not have. No, no. No one would have. So this was a, a grade six event. So the kids involved were between 10 and 11 years old. Now they're obviously playing in the bouncy castle when a wind gust had reportedly caused the jumping castle and all of the inflatable balls within it to lift into the air. Now police had reported that these children must have fallen at least 10 meters, 32 feet with two boys and two girls dying almost instantly. Okay. Okay. Paramedics arrived quickly uh, at about 10 o'clock in the morning. Children were given first aid. They were flown in helicopters to the hospital, but those four were pronounced dead on the scene and a fifth died later. Ugh. That's right. Five children had died and four others were injured after falling from this bouncy castle. Yeah. 
I know it, was, it wasn't very exciting stories. That That's it. That's the end. You saved it for the end because the most people died in that. The one. most children died. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, not not crazy exciting, but it makes you think twice about staking your bouncy castles to the fucking ground. In I don't case know. There's a single gust of wind. A single gust. Of, it can lift that motherfucker. Do you remember when we were kids and we would all like lean on one side, you know, and like the whole thing would kind of flip over and we'd all like, you know. Oh, yeah, be, we'd get real ballsy. We'd be like half suffocating on each other. A lot of, yes, <laughs> a lot, a lot of uh, like suffocation yeah. risks. Yeah, it happened. But we never, we never got lifted. Well, no, because they were always staked to the ground. Uh, well, maybe. I've never been in a bouncy castle. You've never been in a bouncy castle? Well, you're still the no, right size too- for them. Droll, Jess. <laughs> Very droll. Oh, well, that 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 was it. I just wanted to bring us all down before we went to the last You just wanted to talk about sport. a bunch of kids great, dying. Great storytelling, Jake. Thank you. I was captivated from beginning to what seemed like would never end. You're very welcome. All right, Jessica. Yes. Uh, I know you spin the wheel last, but go ahead. Go ahead. Spin it one last time. I will. But do it like Hanzo would. With your dick. Oh, Jess, you spinned it so soft. You moved the mic away. I wanted it to sound like Hanzo couldn't spin the wheel. Oh. Do it again. Do it again. Sorry, I know we landed on that one, but but we'll just switch it. Just go. I just know that Hanzo's little arms couldn't have actually spun the wheel with such... Force. Force. And yes. strength. Mm-hmm. Well, Jessica, we got, what is your most frightening... Jim Henson experience or for the young, your most frightening puppet experience for the young or uncultured. We'll say we'll, we'll just keep yeah, it for the young. Excellent. Thank you, Jess. You're welcome for delineating between the two. We're just going to say for the young, uh, without question, my, what was it? Scariest, your most frightening Jim Henson experience, my most frightening Jim Henson. Can, experience. You, can you please explain who the, who the, who Jim Henson is for the young? Jim Henson um, was very famous, garnered much renown for uh, being responsible for the Muppets, Kermit the Frog, and... Um, and the Cookie Monster? No, that's Sesame Street. Yeah. yeah, and Big Bird, and... Well, that's different. It is a... I mean, I think they're different franchises. No. I don't know that they associate... I've never seen Kermit the Frog on Sesame Street. No, but you got he Elmo. He was. Personally. Anyway. He was on Sesame Street. Uh, uh, Sesame Street was a Henson production. Kermit the Frog was on more than one episode of Sesame Street. Yeah, Jessica, stupid, uncultured swine. <laughs> anyway, anyway, he was responsible for puppets like no one had ever seen them before. We'll say that. Okay. And what was your most frightening experience? Without question, Dark Crystal. I- I've seen the movie case, and it looked uninteresting, so I never it's watched it. It's interesting. It's definitely interesting. Um, fantasy genre was right up my alley, um, but it was very scary and gross. What kind of gross? Like like hostile gross? No, like the um, so there were creatures in it that were very alien looking. This wasn't part of it. It wasn't supposed to necessarily be a scary thing to see. But I remember in Dark Crystal, they used to ride around on the backs of these really long legged things with very small bodies. And they were just it was Alien looking things portrayed in a very realistic way. Okay. It was just very weird to see very strange creature designs. And uh, the villains were these like sick vultures with these like, like uh, 
I don't know what the word is. You know the anglerfish, how their like teeth are like needles? Yeah. They all had these like sharp teeth in their beaks and all had these like super angry like eyebrows on, you know? Okay. okay. Like they were just always pissed at you, always wanted to eat you too because the teeth were always showing. Uh, and uh, I haven't seen it in a very long time. I was a, I was definitely under the age of 10, likely under the age of eight the last time I saw it. That was many decades ago. Definitely freaked me out. Wow. That's my f- most frightening Jim Henson experience. Okay. Uh, Hanzo, you seem like you're old enough to, to know who Jim Henson is. Yeah, yeah. In totality. All right. And and have you had a mo- what was your most frightening experience uh, with a Jim Henson production? Have either of you ever seen The Labyrinth? Oh, yes. Um, yes. That didn't scare me as much as Dark Crystal, though. Well, go back and watch it again. I did. And I have. It, it's, it's David Bowie's crotch bulge. Oh, my God. I was going to make the same joke. <laughs> yes, his inappropriate bulge in a child movie. Yeah, scared me to death. Like an armadillo in and it was just yep bold as you please that seemed unnatural right in your face <laughs> yeah wow pumping toward me <laughs> it seemed like with every verse he was pumping toward me and, and uh, just shook me to the core to this day to the core mm-hmm. to the core well i mean I, I i do love me some jennifer Connolly. so she was a little cutie that's yeah. true Way too young for David Bowie. A little bit. His armadillo. <laughs> <laughs> and the armadillo in his pants, yes. All right. Pumping. Just yes. Pumping it. Oh, I remember the pumping. That's why Jesse kept watching. Ew. <laughs> Could have been an oil derrick with all the pumping he did. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, Jacob, you're, because uh, you're not super familiar with Jim Henson. No, not at all. That's why we added the the or young person puppet experience. Young uh, person or uncultured experience. Oh, or, you know. Yeah, know. Either or. And I'm looking down at the card that I pulled from the wheel and it does not say uncultured on it. <coughs> sure. <coughs> so. I'm just correcting or uh, elaborating. Okay. Well, I can't say I've had too many negative puppet experiences mm. because when I was a kid, you know, all these all these puppet shows didn't exist anymore. Puppet movies didn't exist anymore. That was it. I mean, no more. They still exist now. Nah, nah. I would say my most frightening experience with uh with puppets would probably also be the labyrinth. Now, the reasoning is is because that was probably the only movie only movie I've ever seen with puppets, and some of them were gross looking. Um, I'm actually pretty sure Jim Henson had a small part to play in like other movies that didn't necessarily have have his name on it. Like what? Um, I mean, uh, go ahead. What would you what'd you say? Star Wars. Star Wars was what I was going to say, but not with as much confidence. You remember the uh, the um, puppet Yoda? Maybe. But also the creature that Luke gets. He gets thrown into like a pit, not the Sarlacc. It's before that on the planet. They they land on a they land on a moon and no Jabba. Are you talking him. about the trash compactor monster? No, he goes to see Jabba the Hut and Jabba has him fall into a trap door and there's a creature down there who wants to eat him. The Rancor. The Rancor. That was a puppet. Yeah, I thought so. Yes. No, see, it didn't scare me because you know the effects from from the later movies, specifically Star Wars Clone Wars, 
uh, were just so much better. So the Rancor creeped me out. Puppet Rancor didn't didn't do anything for me because they dropped that like that cute little Twi'lek in there, the little dancer, the slave. Yeah. And they they're like he's like ha ha ha, and they throw her into the pit, and she's like, oh god, what what the fuck's oh. gonna happen to me down here? And there's all these bones. And then the Rancor comes out okay. and it eats her. Hold on. Memory unlocked right now. Okay. Most frightening puppet experience. Now, mind you, I was a child, a wee child. Okay. Okay. So like Here we go. a few, few years now, ago. I'm going to get a look into the, the machinations that make Jake what he is today. Yes. Please <laughs> continue, Jake. Show us on the puppet where you were touched. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Uh, do you remember Teen Titans? Of course. So there was an episode of Teen Titans where there was this weird little like like puppet man who like used his weird little like 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 puppet magic he to turn like the, like the goosebumps dummy. And, yeah, and he turned the Teen Titans into puppets. Ventriloquist dummy. Yeah, I fucking hated that episode. The ventriloquist dummy. Hated really I hated when that one came on. It was just gross. Like he was just he was just gross looking mm-hmm. and creepy looking. And he just had this—he had this drawn-on smile on his face. Right. Was not a fan. Was not a fan. That was probably my, my most frightening experience about about puppets. Were you not into the Goosebumps, the series, the show, the TV show? Yes, but it was also dead by the time that I was a child. Goosebumps did not exist. It was random books that old teachers had in their fucking bookshelf. I loved the Goosebumps. I didn't watch Goosebumps. I watched until and, I until, watched and read. Uh, was Goosebumps the one where the like the text had the bumps on the book text? Actually, they were written by R.L. Stein. Oh yeah, yeah, that was Goosebumps. Yeah, I've never seen them. Oh, I loved them. No, I didn't watch any Goosebumps until I was like maybe maybe thirteen or fourteen when like Nick at Night brought them back for some reason. Well, they did a lot of, they brought a lot of things back. And just started playing them. And so I watched some Goosebumps while I was in bed at like two in the morning. I was a huge fan because it shocked me. It was so like, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to rant or anything. It's just, it's something that children's shows will not do now, which is like get into some like pretty dark, tragic material. Yeah. I remember the first Goosebumps uh, episode of the show I ever, I ever watched because the books I'd already read a couple of them. And they weren't what was depicted in the first episode I saw. And that was a cursed Halloween mask. And it's this like demonic, disgusting, burnt, like pussy skinned creature. And this little girl, her greatest desire is to scare the bullies that bully her in her school. So she puts the Halloween mask on and finds that uh, the curse is that the longer you wear it, the more it actually grafts to your actual skin and you become that, a monster. That's pretty good, isn't it? Is that yeah? That's pretty. Did you, are you saying is this like a is this like a coming out story for you? Did you did you wear a horse mask for too long? I'm not a horse. I don't look like a horse. I don't think. <laughs> so probably not. <laughs> <laughs> not sure where to go from here. Was, are you? I was waiting for I was waiting for Hanzo to to maybe maybe oh, maybe neigh a little bit. <laughs> there it is all right great fantastic well that that brings us to the conclusion yes it does what a wonderful enlightening episode this has been i definitely enjoyed the comic book discussion i'm not sure if all of you did um maybe i'll put in a little 
uh, I don't know. What do you think? Nerd alert. Yeah, nerd <laughs> alert. If you aren't interested in hearing about comic books for a while, skip to you know this point in the episode, or maybe I'll just let them figure it out. Yeah, let them figure it out. Fuck them. Yeah. Oh, I mean, all those apps seem to have like skip ahead buttons. Yeah, yeah. You just click the little like forward fifteen second button until you're until you're happy. Hanzo, thanks, man, for joining our our podcast this evening and surprisingly not talking shit about your wife. <coughs> thanks for having me back. It was a pleasure. I've, I've uh, thoroughly enjoyed both my appearances. Now, uh, I'm a little bit allergic to horse hair, so you'll have to oh, forgive me no. for the. I've I've made you. Uh, how are you congested? Are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm a little congested, red-eyed. <laughs> I would respond, but I've got a little tickle in my throat. <laughs> well, listeners, if you liked what you heard, please like, rate, and subscribe and share the podcast. If you didn't like what you heard, then just go ahead and like, subscribe, and share it. Don't worry about rating. Uh, please. Yes, please keep your opinion, negative opinions <laughs> yeah, to yourself. Yeah, negative opinions to yourself. No one needs to know those. Please send them to the send them to us personally so we can read them into our next episode, actually. That's right. You can send those to us at fanmail at threeshotsin.com. If you some bitches didn't like my appearance on this podcast, I'm in uh, Southwest Virginia. I'll meet you up here on damn 77 uh, exit 14. I'll meet you over. I'll break a goddamn beer bottle over your fucking skull. So like this motherfucker and uh, uh, be a patron for fuck's sake or meet me up here on the goddamn highway. Mm-hmm. That's where he lives. There's a little, <laughs> yeah. there's a little burrow under a tree over there. <laughs> Got a family of possum there to keep him warm. That's right. So watch out. Uh, he he did make a good point, though. Go ahead and be a patron. Go to our website. That's threeshotsin.com. Yes, that'll direct you to all our social medias. It'll direct you to Patreon, where you can subscribe. We do have things to offer you there. We also have single-time donations via PayPal. But listening is also a great way to support us. Thank you guys so much for doing that. They take bad checks, food stamps. Loose change. Yes. Whatever you got. That's, we take anything we can get. That's correct. Next week, joining us will be Katie, who has been on the show before. Yes. Maybe we can get one of our listeners who had quite a fondness for Katie to, to listen and maybe join the live or something. We'll see. No. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll, we'll let them know. No. <laughs> are y'all talking about Lyle? We oh, are talking about Lyle. Katie now. He yes. loves Katie, boy. He heard that voice. Yeah. But I, I insist on protecting her. Guess where Katie is tonight? Where? Katie told me that she was driving over to Forney. And I was like, why the fuck are you driving to Forney? You know what Katie said? What? There's a pizza place and I'm meeting a guy. <gasps> yeah. She's been spoken for? Apparently. She's meeting a man. She's over, she's over there getting a little catering done in Forney. <laughs> Forney, Texas is famous for their caterers. I don't think they're famous Forney for shit. Forney caterers. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Hi, y'all. Thanks for having me on your podcast.